Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So I hope April is treating you all well. Hopefully, wherever you're at in the country, the sun is shining, the the, the flowers are blooming, and hopefully things are blooming in your life. Hopefully, you're able to take many of the skills, tools, strategies that we discuss on this podcast and use them to create your own garden of love. So I just want to first and foremost thank everyone for taking the time out of your day to listen, to subscribe and share the podcast the way you have. Listen, we've been going at it since 2017 and we are still having so many great conversations and not just gossip conversations, conversations that give us practical ways to manage this thing called love because be honest, no one really knows how to do it. So why not talk about it with people that we care about, friends, family, and figure out ways to actually make it work. So if you missed last week's episode, listen, you missed a good one. So we had Elon King who came and had this, listen, we, we had a good conversation about why men are not taught about relationships. And he gave so many practical ways that men can get educated on relationships, how we can find a community of other men that are like-minded and actually value relationships and what we need to do as far as the inner work so that we can find the love that we desire. So if you haven't heard that episode, listen, go ahead, pause this one. I don't mind. Go ahead, listen to that one. And so you can get caught up. Also, the month of April in the Wake Up in Love relationship community, we're talking about doing relationships on purpose. And we have two great professionals who are going to be joining us. We have Dr. Andre Robinson, who is a marriage and family counselor, as well as Tanya Carter, who is a relationship recovery specialist. And both of them are going to be teaching us and have been teaching us how to do relationships on purpose. We're not just letting love happen. We're not letting relationships just happen. We are going to be intentional by using skills that help us start and maintain healthy relationships. So if you're looking for a community that has professionals that are coming to give evidence-based strategies, please head on over to wakeupinlove.com and join us there. But if you are here, you're here for the conversation. And guess what? I have another great guest. I'm really excited about this. Hold on. Let me go ahead and get them in here. Hey guys. All right. So go ahead and introduce yourself. One, thank you so much for having me and congratulations on having your podcast since you said what 2017? That's a huge accomplishment that people are still turning in, tuning in. So that definitely means that you are bringing education, you're bringing knowledge, you're bringing values. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. You're welcome. So, hey, everyone. I am Dr. Canary. I'm a psychiatrist as well as a sex therapist. Um, 
founder of Mind Body Sex, where I have combined my two passions, um, sexology and psychiatry, which are linked the more people would recognize and know to have a great sexual life. You have to have your mental stability um, and to flourish in life in general, you have to be willing to kind of explore your mental health. So I help people do that. Um, my practice ranges from children with autism to adults with PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, for sex therapy, I have deal with polyamorous couples. I deal with monogamy um, couples. I deal with erectile dysfunction. I deal with sexual issues such as sexual assault, as well as low or high libido. So I have a wide range of things that I deal with, deal with um, when it comes to sex, desire, mental health, and sexual health. Oh man, you, you do so much. You do so much. And I am a fan of your work. For those who don't know, Dr. Canary has been one of the teachers in our Wake Up and Love community where we talked about how to communicate about sex. So you guys can already guess what we go talk about today. So let's I have a couple get to know you questions before we get started. So Dr. Canary, we live in a hustle and bustle society. We live in a grind culture. We have a team no sleep that is kind of infiltrating every area of our lives, whether you're a student, whether you're a working professional, there's this ever present need to be going and going and going. But what are some things that you like to do when you like to disconnect, unplug and get away from the world? In other words, what do you like to do for self-care? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question because off camera, remember how I was telling you, like, I'm getting ready to like not do any more podcasts. This is the last podcast I'm going to do for a while, um, just because my work schedule has been crazy. And I personally, even, you know, being a professional and knowing all about burnout, I'm currently experiencing that. And that's why I was telling you, I'm going on vacation next in a couple of weeks. I'm going on vacation the following month um, because I think that you as human beings, we want to accomplish so much. Um, and especially when you're like a high achiever and you're like, you know what, I'm not doing enough and, or social media will have you feeling like you're not doing enough sometimes. And so for me personally, um, what I've realized is it's great to take vacations. Um, it's great to, to log off and have time away from social media. But more importantly, you have to do the inner work. And that's something that I've even struggled with because I'll take vacations. I go on like six or seven vacations a year. But it wasn't enough because eventually I come back home and my whole list of problems or issues that I'm having are still right there or on vacation. And I'm dreading coming back because I know I have all these things that I need to get done and do. So what I've learned to do is the inner work, which I think is so important that we don't discuss enough. So inner work looks like you figuring out solutions to whatever issues you're having. And I actually wrote down some like mental health questions. Sorry, I can remember them off the top of my head. But no, there's mental health questions that I actually ask myself weekly to figure out how I'm experiencing my burnout and how I can solve the burnout before it gets too tired where I just completely collapse. Because we've all been there where you're like, burnout turns into anxiety, depression, you're not getting work done, you're ready to quit, you're not making good life decisions, you're not eating healthy, because when you're dealing with depression or anxiety, typically that goes into your nutrition as well. So here's some questions that I even ask myself, 
One, how am I feeling today? And you want to dig deep into that question. Like Mm -hmm. not just, oh, I'm feeling, I'm having a bad day. Why are you having a bad day? What mentally is going on? What's draining you? What are you thinking about? And then trying to figure, I'm very solution-based therapist. So what is the solution to this problem? If I hate my job, what am I doing about hating my job? Am Mm -hmm. I looking for a new job? Why do I hate my job? Is it the culture? Is it the atmosphere? Is it the... My colleagues, what do I hate about my job? So really digging deep with that question. Two, what has been worrying me lately? What am I, What's constantly on my brain? Why is it on my brain? And how can I get it to exit my brain, right? The third one is, am I providing my body with its basic needs? Mm. We always forget to eating. Nutrition is so important to your mental health and your sexual health. Eliminating the fried foods, eliminating soda, Smoothies are great. I have a nutritionist and he tells me all the time, you should not be eating smoothies, drinking smoothies all day long. It can become very unhealthy. You drink your smoothies in the morning. You can burn that fat or that sugar that the content that the smoothie has in throughout the day. If I get hungry late at night, I'm such a snacker. Um, I do like berries, anything with strawberries, blueberries, raspberries has low sugar content. I'll snack on that. A healthy snack late at night if I get hungry. Right. So how am I, how am I providing my body with this basic needs? What am I doing nutrition wise? Right. Because fast food is going to make you feel sluggish in the moment. It tastes good. Later on, you're going to feel the side effects Four, what am I doing to bring myself joy? Is that being in nature? Is that reading my favorite book? Is that going for a hike? Whatever brings you joy, try and do incorporate that more into your lifestyle on a daily basis. Five, who do I have in my corner? Too many times we're not doing check-ins, not only with ourselves, but with our friends. We all ask the question, oh, how's everything been? And oh, everything's Mm -hmm. been good. But start to dig a little bit deeper into that. Like, no, how have you truly been? Like, how is your mental? What have you been stressed about lately? And really venting to the people that you love and that you trust because we have to be in each other's corner. Oh, man. I hope y'all were listening. I hope you took notes and wrote those down. And even someone who's in the mental health field who helps other people still has to disconnect, find a way to do the inner work ourselves because we do also get burnt out. We are people just because we share information with people doesn't mean that we're immune to the effects of the topics that we talk about. So I'm glad you said, yes, it's nice to take trips, but also take some time to dig a little deeper to what the real challenges are so that you can come up with solutions for them. And then that anxiety can start to go down. Cause if not, you'll be spending a lot of money going here and there and everywhere, buying new toys and new little gadgets. And the problem is still there. So thank you so much for sharing that. Question number two, what comes to mind when you hear the word love? You know what? I love love. Um, For me, when I think about love, I think about unconditional. Um, I think about selflessness. I think about affection, deep affection. Um, I think about truly giving 100%, being open-minded, being flexible, um, pleasure. (laughs) what else i think those would be like the top things that i think about when i think about love oh cool and and the reason i like to ask i like to give people a 
a space where they can hear other definitions of love. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I've often heard people say, well, I don't know what love is because I've never seen it or experienced it. But sometimes we can hear what other people consider love and maybe we're like, oh, I, I resonate with that. Yes. That does make me feel love. I do look at love in that way. Mm -hmm. So I think asking that question to people gives other people who may be unsure other definitions, other ways to look at love so that they can start to define it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm a big I'm a big fan of if I don't have it in my community or in my circle, learn it from somewhere else. Yeah. Get it somewhere else. Just because I don't have it in my community or in my sphere of influence doesn't mean that I can't get it from somewhere else. That's so true. I like to pull other people's definition for love in. I think so, that's beautiful. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and get straight into this topic for today. I'm really yeah. excited. Uh, one of the things that Dr. Canary came in really supported our community is this idea of communication made easy. So here's how we're going to start this. When we're dating, there are so many questions that people ask. The very first date is almost like a mini interrogation <laughs> of who you are, As where you're from, what you, like to, yep. what you like to do. Point. What's your credit score? What's your credit score? Do you like, are you vegan? Do you eat meat? Do you eat dairy? Are you allergic? Like there's all kinds of questions mm -hmm. that we're asking. And we ask these for really good reasons. We're trying to get to know how well we fit with a person that we're interested in. Right. We're trying to gather enough data to yeah. determine whether or not I want to potentially go on this unpredictable journey of love with somebody. We, we have really good intentions. Like we're really trying to make sure we are making an informed decision. As, as you should be. Unfortunately, there's one area that really doesn't get talked about, yet it seems like a lot of people participate in it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about sex. And once again, when we start talking about sex, people start clutching pearls. They start shifting in their seat. That we make it a, little, we make it a little hot under the collar. So, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, sex doesn't get talked about enough. Right. And we want to have a conversation about talking about sex in the dating world. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get, there's not, I don't see too much information on how to bring that in, when it should happen. So we're going to talk about it today. So my first question, Dr. Canary, when should the topic of sex come up with a new person that we're interested in? You know what? There's no need to overcomplicate things. Um, I always tell people, talk about sex when you feel like the time is right. That could be the first date, the second date, the third date, maybe the fifth date, because everyone, like you mentioned, clutching their pearls, they might not right away be comfortable with talking about sex. But the thing is, a date is a wonderful opportunity to talk about sex. I personally am not going to talk about sex when I'm at his apartment or his house. I'm going to talk about sex in, a, in an area where I feel safe first. So we're in the same physical space. We're connecting. We're already learning about each other. When you're already at somebody's house, that can be more so intimidating, especially if you're still getting to know them. And when you're out on a date, typically people are going out on dates, you know, movies, movies and dinner is where most people start with dates. Right. So that's how you build intimacy. It can be an incredible turn on. Um, that it could ignite a spark between you guys. 
So I always tell people, one, don't feel pressured to talk about date, especially with women. There are no rules about talking about sex on a date. So if you're ready to talk about sex, you might not want to have sex, but if you're just ready to talk about it to make sure that you guys are on the same page, that could be the first date, the second date, or the third date. And for men, you, I typically tell men to read the room, but what I will say with men is let the woman kind of bring it up first because I think most men, it's harder for them to talk about sex in a way where women are not going to feel like they're being creeps or that they're being they're leading with sex it is harder for men to bring up sex so i always tell them let the woman bring it up if she's attracted to you if she likes you eventually it's going to be a conversation let her lead into that conversation mm-hmm. that's really important and i think the fact that it's a big win to have it early on in a dating experience period I think it's considered a win. I don't think like we have to have any and every, like the whole thing. Like it don't have to be a, a two hour lecture. Right. But at some point early on, especially when you are starting to understand that this this could potentially go somewhere. I mean, that should be something that you talk about the same way we talk about where do you see yourself going professionally? Yes. What area of the country do you want to live? Do you want children? These are all very important questions. And I feel like the sex question should come up. Yet there's a time and a place and a way to have it because it is such an intimate topic that we don't want to just treat it as it's just a, ca a casual conversation because mm -hmm. casual in a sense that it's we're just going to talk about it, it doesn't really mean anything. Right. In right. that kind of sense. So... Why might it be important to have the conversation about sex while dating versus waiting until you are three years in or when marriage is like right around the corner? You know why the why it's important is because everybody's into certain things um, when it comes sexually. And you want to be upfront about that, because honestly, you know, as you know, sex communication and money are typically the top five reasons for divorce. It's one it's one of those why people get divorced. Either they're not getting enough sex, they want more of it, or the woman is like, I can't keep up with how extreme my husband or my boyfriend's libido is. And so you want to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page, the same page about what you guys like sexually. And you don't have to, and that doesn't mean getting into sexual positions because that can be very uncomfortable to start with. But having a conversation as in you intend to want to have sex, because there are some women that are like, you know what, I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm not looking for that. I want something casual. And then there are men are, that there are men that are into the same thing. So you can I always tell people to ask open ended questions. You don't want to ask closed ended where it's just yes or no. You want to ask an open ended question like, tell me what you're into sexually. And then you, that lets them lead the way, you know what, I'm into this, I'm into that. Um, because it's important to know what your partner is into, especially if you're trying to date with intention. Then you want to make sure that you guys are on the same page with that. Because what if she says or he says, you know, sex isn't really important to me. I don't see myself um, being very sexually active in a relationship. Well, if you wait months down the road to know that, 
that's going to cause other problems because then you already like this person. You're like, oh, can I deal with this? Can I not deal with this? So I always say, you know, we're adults here, right? If if you're if you're trying to figure out if somebody's on the same page with you, the best way to find that is to ask some questions. Exactly. To ask, to have the conversation. And I think that a lot of people, when they don't express things that they like sexually, mm-hmm. there is hard for someone to make a decision whether or not they can or can't meet that need. Right. And so then you end up in a relationship, like you said, someone who may not prioritize sex. And if it's high on your priority list, you're already not in alignment. So it doesn't make them a bad person. They're just not the person who's in alignment with the kind of uh, sex uh, frequency you may want. And yeah. I, I think we don't we we ask people, what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy about life? But yet we don't ask them what they enjoy about sex. And I think because we have made sex such a uh, how would I say it? It's taboo. Yes, it's it's taboo. It's, it's taboo. And we we put too much pressure on it sometimes yes. to be where if you don't like certain things then Oh, what's wrong with you? You're approved. Or if you have some sexual desires that someone may think that's a little too extreme for me, right. we, we place judgment on people for having these without realizing that we're talking about it as a way to gather information right. so that we can know whether or not this, listen, there's going to be enough roadblocks in marriage already. Like once you get there, there's enough that life wants to throw at you. But if we can eliminate some of these conversations and get to know people who are in alignment, walking in the same direction we are, that can make the journey a whole lot smoother rather than just going on a whim. Well, and you know, communication is difficult for a lot of people. And for you to be able to communicate your de- desires, you have to know what they are, right? If you mm. don't have a clear vision on what you want, how are you going to ask for it? And I think that's why a lot of people struggle um, with having conversations about sex is because they don't even know how to pleasure themselves. They don't know what makes them excited. They don't know what makes them happy. Um, and so that, for one, is difficult because you can't have a conversation about something that you're unsure of. Mm, right, right. That self exploration is important to even be able to talk about it. Because <laughs> some people haven't been asked, "What is it that you like or desire sexually?" And for them to be like, "Whoa, <laughs> I've never been asked this." Right. Um, and if they don't have, if it, ha- if they haven't had the opportunity to explore, been on that journey, then they really don't know how to respond, which can make it even more difficult to communicate. So let so. We sometimes people tend to overshare information <laughs> when we're dating. A That's lot of people, people though. <laughs> right? So when 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 we're out here in the dating world, we're talking to new people. We don't necessarily have to share any and everything with every single person that we come across. There is a such thing as scaring people off, right? <laughs> right. So who should like? Who should we be having these type of sex conversations with in the dating space? Does it have to be with everyone? Like who should be someone that we do have this talk? Because I know there weren't certain conversations I was having with just any person out there. So how do we know who gets the conversation versus who doesn't? Well, I think first figuring out what you're looking for. Are you looking for casual dating or are you looking for a serious relationship? Are you dating with intention that leads to marriage? 
or you're dating with intention that leads to a long-term relationship because some people don't believe in marriage. Some people want a lifetime partner. So whatever that looks like for you, know exactly going into this date what you're looking for and then you need to ask them. I ask guys on the first date all the time, listen, what are you looking for? Are you looking for casual sex? Are you looking for a serious relationship? Are you dating with intention? Are you looking for a long-term partner? Are you into poly? Are you into monogamy? What are you into? I ask all of those questions on the first date because I know exactly what I'm looking for, right? And I know what I'm not looking for. My boundaries and my non-negotiables are already set in place and I'm not willing to bend on those. Now, when it comes to asking questions about sex, we overcomplicate things. Make it very simple. If you know now, let's say I'm on a date and I'm like, okay, we both decided, had a conversation, we both want kids. And he's like, I'm dating with intention. I'm looking for a wife. Okay, I'm dating with intention. I'm looking for a husband. So how do we talk about sex? What questions to ask where it's like, oh, I like to hang off the chandelier. That might freak him out just a little bit. Or I like, do you like whips and chains and bondage? You don't have to go that deep. Keep it simple. How many times a week do you want to have sex is a great question to ask. Because that is probably the number one thing I see that ruins a lot of marriages and relationships. And where people are coming to me, they're like, my wife only wants to have sex twice a week. And I want to have sex every other day. So how many times a week would you want to have sex? The next question I would ask is, what's your best sexual fantasy? Keep it simple. Oh, something on the beach in the rain, whatever. It doesn't have to get too crazy. But it kind of gives you an idea of what they like or what they're into, right? And then what is the most reliable way for you to achieve satisfaction? Simple. What turns you off? What turns you on? What gets you in the mood? And then I think another great question to ask is, what do you fear about sex? Because some people do have fears about sex. And there might be certain things that, you know, worries them. Like, oh, I don't want to be tied up because something happened in the past. Because we're all dealing with trauma, too. So you have to remember, you have to be very careful when you're dating. Because a lot of people have been sexually assaulted. So you want to be careful and keep that in mind. Um, or molested when they were younger. So you just want to also kind of be mindful. So when you ask them about their fears, you know, certain things that they might be intimidated by might be from their past trauma. Mm-hmm. Asking questions, asking questions. Here's one thing I see that people tend to have trouble with, especially when it comes to sex mm-hmm. and being asked questions. Not too many people are honest. When it comes to that frequency question, you can start to see some people are, is that a solid five times a week? Or are you like catching your bet if I just feel the best? Like, is that a real ideal? Are you more of like a two to three range? Or is that five? Like, man, it's been a great week. Kids are good. Work was good. Like, what is that? Yes. Or even with the things that they are into in the bedroom, Mm. someone may not be into having sex outside, but if you are, and you're scared that if I say this, will they will I lose my opportunity to to be with them? Will right. they look at me different? Mm-hmm. That tends to come up. Yes. And, and if we are not honest, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be trouble anyways. Right. I will say regardless, it's going to be an issue. And that's why I tell couples after a couple dates. Um, there's like a sex checklist that I give couples that come to me. And it's really fun because it shows you where they're at on your, if they're on, if you guys are on the same level, meaning the checklist goes, I mean, it explores a lot of different things. 
but it starts simple. Like, are you into what type of foreplay do you like? How do you like to build intimacy? And then some of the questions like, are you into threesomes? Yes, no, or maybe. And I have the couples do it separately. And then you exchange papers and they're always like mm. the look on their face. They're always like, oh, I didn't know she was into this. I didn't know she was open to that. I didn't know he was willing to do that because you didn't ask any questions. You don't do check-ins in your relationship, which are so important. Right, right. So being honest opens up possibility as well. Yeah. I like for us to have an abundance mindset where we're not thinking that being honest makes us lose something. But look at how how much pleasure, how many great experiences we could potentially experience and have when we are honest. What What is there to gain versus what is there to lose? And let me tell you, I have dealt with all types of fetishes from people. There is somebody out there for everyone. And I mean, I, I've seen it all. There's not too much in that world, in that realm that I haven't seen. Um, I have a client... I have a client, and this is TMI, but I have a client that is literally into feces. And I'm not going to get into detail because, you know, for some people it might be repulsing, mm -hmm. but he finds people that are into the same thing that he is. I have a client on the other end. He loves to sniff his partner's panties. Some women might find he's dating women that are like, that's disgusting. I can't handle it. He's, he's married now to a woman that absolutely loves it. Mm. Well, there is someone out there for everyone and you'll find that person faster when you're open and honest about what you like. Because if you're sugarcoating or you're scared to be who you truly are, what's going to happen is you're going to get in a relationship and you're going to feel suffocated or you're going to feel not happy, which ends up with people cheating, divorce, so on and so forth. Right. And like we said, we're trying to break the stigma around sex. And the only way to do that is to start normalizing sex conversations and allow them to be as common as what kind of foods do you like? What do you what what is it that you hope to achieve in life when we're dating? So we're going to go ahead and transition into our last segment of the show, which is flip the script. And that's where our guest provides a simple tool or strategy for either a challenge or a situation that we discussed in this episode. So you ready for your question? Yes. What's my question? Someone may be out there and they're saying, you know what? I am really ready to get out here and start talking about sex. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to shed the, the nerves and the, the fears that I have around it. And I really want to have this conversation. But how can someone facilitate a conversation about sex without feeling pressured to actually go and have sex? Mm. That's a great question. Um, one, I would say timing is everything. And I think that's where people, men and women, mess up, is they try and have these questions too soon or too late. That's when I say read the room. You know what I'm saying? If you're a, a man and you're on a first date and she's standoffish and you're unsure if she even likes you, don't start talking about sex. And I think that's the issue. People don't know how to read body language. They don't know how to pay attention. We're not, we don't pay attention to each other. Pay attention to body language. If she's relaxed, sitting back, enjoying herself, laughing, smiling at you, having a great time, then maybe slide it in there. But if you notice like she's giving you attitude, she's acting like she really don't want to be there. She's on her phone the entire time. Asking you about sex is not going to make the conversation go anywhere. So pick a time. Um, and make it about them initially. People love to talk about themselves. That's a little psychology fact. People love to talk about themselves, right? So that's where the open-ended questions comes into play, where it's more than just a yes or a no. 
So you want to ask an open-ended question and make it centered around them. Because these questions about intimacy and about sex can seem very uncomfortable, you know, choosing not on the right time, but making it more so about them and what they like is going to make them open up a little bit more. And then you also being honest about what you like um, and about, you know, or even a funny story. I always love like icebreakers with funny stories. People love to laugh. Women love to laugh. Like there's literally research studies that show a lot of women pick their mate based off of how much they can make them laugh. You know, yes, this is a real thing. So definitely put some humor in there. If you have a funny story, um, one time in my earlier 20s, I was trying to be sexy for my man and I had on lingerie and I fell off the bed because I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. So, I mean, use some humor, have a funny story to tell. The other most important thing I would say is like, listen. Um, if your partner seems like distant or disinterested in sex, ask questions about sex or talk to them and actually listen and see if that, you know, changes things. So actually making sure that you're engaged, um, being clear, calm, and direct, be concise about what you want. Don't be all over the place, offer reassurance, you know, don't blame them or judge them for what you like. And I think that that literally opens up the floodgates to the conversation that you can have. And there you have it. Dr. Canary, thank you for joining us this week. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Please let, please let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and social media. Um, if you're looking to book a consultation for either sex therapy or just regular counseling, you can find me at drmbs.com. Um, if you are interested in more of seeing my personal life, where I do a lot of videos focused on travel, sexual health, and mental health, my personal page is Dr. Canary. That's D-R dot C-A-N-A-R-Y. And then I have my business page that mainly just focuses on sex therapy, um, as well as mental health, sex education. And my business page is mind.body.sex. And I will have all of her information down in the show notes. So if you're driving, please don't go try to click any links. Love and Cricket <laughs> is not responsible for any deductibles or any car wrecks. We don't have that kind of insurance over here. Nope. So I just want to thank everyone for listening this week. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast. Comment, rate, subscribe. If you're in podcast land, please head on over to Love Unscripted HD on YouTube where you can watch the full video episode for this show. Also, if you're looking for a community that has licensed doctors, counselors, and certified relationship coaches, head on over to wakeupandlove.com where this month's theme is doing relationships on purpose. And listen, this was a great show. And as always, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.